Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Welcome to Central Texas Living, the podcast. As recently as 1800, life expectancy at birth in America was 35 years. Got better slowly, 39.4 years in 1880. But today, you know, we're looking at 79 years on average. So people are living longer lives. And with that longevity, problems come. But there are experts to help. And I'm so happy to welcome Elisa Rainey to the podcast. She's dedicated her law practice in Waco to the issues surrounding older folks and their families. So we're glad to have you. Thank yeah. you so much. It's a treat to be with you. Well, we had the chance to uh, to visit at the uh, Greater Waco Chamber of Commerce's Leading Waco Women Seminar a few months ago, and um, you were one of the panelists and was just wonderful. And you you talked a lot about how you was, it was a big decision to kind of focus on this particular aspect of law. So, so had, you know, re-explain that to folks. Right. I'm a certified elder law attorney. And so a lot of people have questions about, well, what is elder law? And I accidentally, I kind of tripped into it by accident. That's not where my career as an attorney started out. But later, um, I just happened to have a case in what I would consider classic elder law. I loved it. I was passionate about it. And it just changed the direction of my career and the way that I felt like I could best serve clients. But elder law is really kind of estate planning. So a lot of us are familiar with classic estate planning attorneys. But then you layer on a level of benefits planning, very often Medicaid planning for long-term care and VA benefits planning for those who are veterans and may need long-term care. So elder law, I would say state planning, benefits planning, and then of course we have guardianship and probate, which kind of layers on with, with additional issues that are of particular concern for those who are aging or disabled. Now th- this is for an individual who wants to be proactive and look ahead and, you know, plan for the future. Um, but, but what about those that just, you know, life just keeps going on and on and now uh, their children are seeing issues with mom and dad? Right. I would say about half the people we meet with are the aging yeah. and the other half are the children who mm-hmm. are trying to plan for parents. Maybe the parents are to the point that they can't do their own planning anymore or maybe they just don't know where to start, and so they're getting support from the kids. So we meet with people uh, at, at both ends of that concern. And 
And for some, sadly, these kinds of discussions about estate planning, long-term care planning, they're just taboo. I mean, they're they're uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, kind of like getting that will done. <laughs> I mean, right. it's like, you know, it's suddenly you're, you're facing your own mortality when you recognize, you know, I need to plan for what's going to happen here. Right. I mean, we, we have some who just flat are superstitious and yeah. will not sign a will. They're convinced if they sign a will, they're going to pass. Um, and we we purposely don't schedule will signings on Friday the 13th. Because <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> even, it's, we have found that even when clients schedule that day, it's it's very often because they didn't realize Weren't or thinking. didn't make the connection. It was a Friday, yeah. And then when Friday the 13th comes along, we get a lot of cancellations. So we avoid Friday the 13th for will signings. Uh, but yes, important, important conversations. And I promise you, these conversations between kids and parents about estate planning are far easier to have when people are well. Yes. And it's less personal than once things really go downhill. Yeah, when people yeah. get a bad diagnosis or whatever, right. or right. you're beginning to, to notice some mental acuity slipping. Right. So we, I mean, sadly... Often when we have these conversations about long-term care, it is because we're seeing changes already. Uh, but it would be nice if we could at least broach the issues sooner when it's not so personal. Yeah. What What is the most common question you're asked? Well, is there one or probably a list? <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to basic estate planning, everyone just says, do I need a will? Do I really need a will? All I have is a house or a And you a say, and everyone needs a will. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> everyone needs a will. Yeah. Now, the question then becomes, do we have to probate the will? So a will has really no effect until after a person has passed away and it has been probated and probates that court process where the court recognizes the last will and testament is, yes, the last will and testament of that person who has passed away, and the court appoints the executor who's named in the will to have authority to handle things. But we don't have to probate the will if we find at the end of someone's life that they really don't have any assets that need to be controlled by the will. So when a person passes away, everything they own is categorized as either a probate asset controlled by the will or a non-probate asset that may have some kind of built-in beneficiary designation. So think, for example, life insurance policies have beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. That's Often, already named. That's right. already named. Mm -hmm. And so those, those policies just pass automatically to those beneficiaries when they have a death certificate in hand. Likewise, investment accounts and, and trusts, those kinds of assets are controlled by those beneficiary designations or trust documents. So those are non-probate assets. So in truth, when a person passes, we may find that we don't actually need to probate the will. But if we need to probate the will, it is far cheaper and easier to administer that estate if we have the will than if we're trying to do it without a will. Yeah, that's called being intestate, right? Dying yeah. intestate. And and you have an example of maybe the worst situation where that happened where somebody didn't have a will on it. Well, it, I mean, we, we've had clients with businesses uh, that that are just it's complicated to pass those, but really, a fairly common scenario and one that's really difficult for a family is a blended family. Mm. So let's say we have kids from a prior marriage, and then we have a subsequent marriage, and property just flat does not go where the couple may assume it goes, and it can lead to a lot of conflict between that surviving spouse and the kids, a lot of unintended consequences as far as where that property goes. 
And so everyone needs a will. But if you have a blended family, it is doubly, triply important that we have a will to make sure your wishes are honored. So we can have it go wherever you want. But if we don't have it in the document, we, we don't have a lot of control over that once you're gone. You also, um, you know, you're Baylor educated. I am. Went to, went to Baylor. And um, also you, you teach as an adjunct professor right. in the law school about elder law. Um, do, you, do you see, you know, more and more uh, young lawyers coming up interested in this aspect of law? They really are. So, um, again, historically, we've had a lot of attorneys go into estate planning, but a lot of that work is tax-related, estate tax-related. Right. And we have such a large estate tax exemption amount right now that, that more and more often we don't have clients with those particular concerns. But these long-term care issues, these long-term care financing issues are really universal. And it, it's funny, you you might think, oh, if they don't have any money, they're concerned about it. But the very wealthy aren't concerned about long-term care expenses. And I promise you, it's not limited to any one uh, economic level. It's across the board. Everyone's really frightened about the effect, the costs of long-term care and how it will quickly, quickly impact a, an estate. The, the average cost of a nursing home, I would say, in this area is about $6,000 a month, five yes. to $6,000. And and so it doesn't take long at that rate to really deplete a family's assets. And we can do so much, so, so much to protect assets and qualify for Medicaid in a strategic way. I know there are um, situations where, where folks just literally are outliving their money. Yes, yes. And it, you know, both... For those who are ill and those who are well at home, um, just outliving their money. Social Security, of course, for the younger generations, I don't think we can count on it. I wouldn't (laughs) if (laughs) I I were you. I would not, but a lot of our our aging clients. That's all they have. That's all they have. Mm -hmm. And two, I mean, some are, are sophisticated in investing, but many of them are relying solely on CDs. So I have money, I'll put it in a CD, I'll earn a little bit of interest. Well, interest rates on CDs, on certificates of deposit, are well below 1%. And and what people used to think of as a nest egg just cannot Might as well have it under the mattress. Might as well have it, and some do. Yeah. (laughs) I bet you've seen all kinds of things. I don't recommend under the mattress, and I don't recommend burying it in the backyard. So, (laughs) Well, let's talk about older folks and issues that that um that they face and and I'm, i mentioned about mental acuity and so forth uh, you know is there something folks should be on the lookout for or is there a rule of thumb um in your estimation of when you know people need to step in and and see what needs to be done whether and you also as an attorney help with like guardianship issues and that kind of thing too well stepping in is so difficult because we all want to honor uh, what we call self-determination. Sure. And uh, we all want to be independent. We don't want other people to meddle in our business, and so we're sensitive about meddling in our parents' business. Uh, so that's th- there's a lot of gray there where, I mean, maybe mom, let, let's say I'm mom, and I'm just making really poor decisions. Well, I have the right to make poor decisions. I have the right to to spend my money unwisely, to give it to the charity I want to give it to. But at the point that I'm doing that because I lack the ability to make an informed decision about my money, that's where we really have a change and a need for someone to step in. 
Another really, really difficult scenario is hoarding or self-neglect. Mm, yeah. So am I a hoarder? Am I a collector? Was I always a hoarder or a collector? Or has that, that really ramped up in my age? And so it, it's very ambiguous. But driving the that's driving a biggie. issues. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that's, that's really... I'm here, I'm here to... I've lived through this <laughs> situation. Well, the driving often is kind of the determining factor. Yeah. Maybe there's been an accident uh, and and that's kind of a wake-up call to the kids mm-hmm. where they realize, okay, we, we knew there was a slowing down, but this thing this is really getting out of hand. So sometimes it comes to a head with the driving issues. Sometimes it's a, a health crisis. Uh, sometimes it's a neighbor calling saying, listen, you need to know your mom's wandering around at night and, and we're doing our best to help her, but but we can't be in charge of her. So, sure. So kids see it come from all directions, but the driving issue really is a common one. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And and is there a trick to that? I mean, is there a way to, to get, get those keys away that, you know, can you, can you call in the DPS or something? I mean... Is there a way to get authorities involved? So it's not it's not me saying you can't drive anymore, Dad. It's it's you know an authority. Right. Yeah, we wish we all wish for ourselves that we would recognize when we shouldn't drive anymore. Yeah. But that's probably not going to happen for the majority of us. Although I have some clients who are very self aware and very accepting of that change. Um, I've seen success with the doctors broaching the issue. So sometimes if the kids just kind of plant. because that's a trusted individual in their life that's right and yeah. not one of the bossy kids right so, uh, and you it, tend to mind the doctor <laughs> that's exactly right so when we're teenagers we think our parents are bossy when we're aging we think our kids are bossy <laughs> and the kids may be bossy and uh, but but often if it comes from the doctor then the patients our clients are more willing to accept that word from a doctor than they are from their kids and if all else fails, yes, there is a way through an online portal to report unsafe driving online to the state, and then they can call the parent in, assuming it's a parent. Mm-hmm. They can call them in for a driving assessment to try to determine whether they're still safe on the road. So Good. So there is a way. There is a way. I would, I would tap the doctor first, and mm-hmm. if that doesn't work out, then the state. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Um, so, so we talked about the cost of of long term care, mm-hmm. and uh, would would you say there is there a good a best way maybe to prepare for that long term insurance care insurance which can be very expensive. Yeah. So if long term care insurance is an option mm-hmm. without breaking you, without resulting in a, a deprivation of other needs in your budget, 
Yeah, because it can it can run into thousands. Of dollars. Oh, it can it can really run up. But there. then they pay out thousands. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why you do it. I would say the the biggest advantage of long term care insurance is the option to use those benefits for home care and for assisted living. So if we really want to get home care or assisted living, and that's where we all want to receive care, sure. Then then long term care insurance is a great option. But truth be told, for our aging clients, they're probably already past the age where they could get long-term care insurance. Yeah, at what age do you need to look into that? I would say by 70. I yeah. mean, I, I've, I've heard in many cases, now again, I don't sell it long-term care insurance. Right, but, right. But I've heard that kind of once you reach 70, you're probably not insurable anymore past that point. So, so if you're younger, 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. I would certainly look into it. I have for my family. Uh, and and long term care insurance looks different than it used to in terms of now it's very often just a life insurance policy with a long term care rider so that you can tap into those what would have been death benefits during your lifetime should you have a long term care need. So just because of the price of traditional long term care insurance, we're not seeing that as often. Uh, I would say if you're in the market for long term care insurance. We used to have some lifetime policies, and you really can't get those anymore. Then we saw a lot of three-year policies, and we also see five-year policies. I would recommend, if you're in the market, look at a five-year policy, simply because for Medicaid, and again, Medicaid is that state program that can help pay for long-term care, Medicaid has a five-year look back on gifting. So Mm. sometimes if I have a good deal in assets and I want to move those out to the kids, then I can use that long-term care policy for five years to cover that look-back period that, that would be impacted by those gifts. So I can use long-term care insurance to cover the five years. After that, I'm I'm set for Medicaid. Now, that doesn't mean, I mean, let's say you don't have a long-term care policy and we're trying to get to Medicaid. Don't wait five years to come in and see us. We <laughs> often, often we can get Medicaid very, very quickly. Uh, even if there's gifting, that doesn't mean you automatically have to wait five years. But I'm just saying if, if someone has a, a substantial estate um, and they're looking at long-term care insurance, five years is a good period to go. Don't, mm-hmm. don't wear yourself out looking for a lifetime policy. So. Well, is there a one, one thing that anyone should do? I mean, we said have a will, mm-hmm. you know, uh, aside from that in planning for the future for yourself or, you know, for your parents. Yeah. Is there any one thing you think that people really need to think about? I often tell clients that there are five core documents they should look at for everyone. They're Mm -hmm. just universal. And that, again, would be the will that we've already talked about. The financial power of attorney, often called a durable power of attorney, is critically, critically important. In my book, it's as important as the will. We'll get back to it in just a minute and talk more about what it does. Continuing with those five documents after we the will, the durable power of attorney. Next, we have a medical or healthcare power of attorney. Along with that, perhaps a HIPAA authorization. HIPAA stands for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. But HIPAA is that federal privacy law that keeps doctors from talking to the family. So think of it as a, a fancy permission slip telling doctors it's okay to share your information with the people you trust. And then finally, a living will or directive to physicians, that's that document that tells doctors, hey, I I always compare it to a letter. Doc, if I have a terminal or irreversible condition and you're not going to be able to fix it, I don't want you to keep me on life support long term. Treat me as you reasonably can, but at the point it's hopeless, 
let's withdraw the life support and just keep me comfortable. So that's a directive to physicians. It's not right for everyone, but I recommend that you look at it. So again, those five documents would be the will, the durable power of attorney, the medical power of attorney, the HIPAA, HIPAA authorization, and the directive to physicians. Yeah, that directive to physicians, that uh, living will, that's important for family members to know that you have because maybe you're incapacitated in the emergency room, whatever. It's helpful for whoever is there signing mm-hmm. the papers for you to know, yes, you know, my aunt has that, Yeah, has and, that directive. In my view, the greatest benefit of that document is you're conveying to your family what your wishes are. Right. And so and then if, they don't have to guess when they're in that spot in the ER and trying to decide what to do. That's right. Mm-hmm. If Even if the doctors are coming to them and asking, well, do you want to continue life support? What do you want to do? At least knowing that you've signed that to them is some release, an emotional release that, that they're honoring your wishes and Correct. not continuing life support in a hopeless situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That is also... So uh, great for people to think about and, you know, to, uh, to get those kinds of documents done. The power of attorney, you said we were going to get back to that, that durable power of attorney. Uh, do, would you recommend multiple people have that? We have a situation where my siblings, mm-hmm. we, we all have to be in agreement and for that to be. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there are many variables in how we can draft that durable power of attorney. So when we say durable, that just means that it's drafted so that it remains effective even after the person has become incapacitated. Mm-hmm. So let's say that I've signed a durable power of attorney naming my husband and then my kids. Well, durable means that even when I lose capacity, he can still act on my behalf. But then the question often is, well, who do I name as my agent or my representative? Now, I always recommend some depth there. So again, in my situation, it might be my husband and then my kids in some order. But then we often get that question, can I name co-agents? Maybe I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> so I want right. to name them all. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I think that's kind of what my folks do there, and, you know. And that can work. I mean, let's use my kids as an example. I have two boys. Uh, they are still fairly young, but I imagine once they've gone into their careers, neither may live in, in here in Waco with us. And and both are responsible. I trust both. So I might want to name them both. But then I have the choice of naming them in a way that they have to act together or they can act independently. And my preference would be to specifically give them the authority to act independently so that if one's available, the other one's not, then then they can get it done. Now, that only works if they get along. So I can't have two kids who don't get along, each with the authority to act independently, pardon me, independently, because <laughs> yeah. they'll just be working over each other and, and contradicting each other, which is calamity. Yeah. So our default, I would say, would be one at a time. Yeah. But if we need to name co-agents, our preference is to allow each to act independently. Mm-hmm. Another place where we use that arrangement, let's say that my husband and I are aging and I want him to be able to act for me, but we're recognizing maybe his, his capacity is starting to slip. So we can name him and a child as co-agents. So my husband could take care of things for me. 
My child could take care of things without his participation. In case he starts getting loopy. In case he starts getting loopy. and uh, The terminology and, that we heard recently. <laughs> he gets loopy and then she gets loopy. A, a technical medical term Yeah, there, I don't so. think so, so much. But, but I think, yeah, we get it. And, but it works well. Yeah, and, the, and those kinds of those kinds of issues uh, usually aren't overnight. I mean, it's it's a gradual. Yeah. It's a gradual diminishment that you can you can see in somebody's ability to make good decisions. Yeah. And a, a couple of other points on the durable power of attorney, back to that long-term care planning issue. There's a statutory durable power of attorney, which generally follows a statutory form that's set out in Texas law. And so that covers kind of the basic powers. But if we're trying to get someone situated for long-term care planning, we really, really need to beef up that power of attorney with additional powers. We often include gifting authority. Uh, we, there, there are just some other powers that we can add in, and that gifting power is a critical, critical power that we like to include. So if I have someone who's still doing their estate planning now, perhaps with an eye towards long-term care planning down the road, having a beefed-up, stronger uh, power of attorney is really a very important element of that planning. Often my clients don't want to just give away property now while they're well to their kids. That's not appealing to any of us. No. But getting that estate planning in order so that the kids can move things later if they need to, that is very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. I also want to point out, if I can, the difference between a power of attorney and guardianship. So let's say that I've signed a power of attorney giving my kids the authority as my agents under the power of attorney so they can handle financial matters for me. But it's very important for me and for them to understand that that doesn't make them my boss. So they can't override my wishes and my actions in dealing with my own property. So if I've signed a power of attorney, I still have authority to handle all of my own finances and they can do it for me. So both of us have that power. But if there's a point where they need to stop me from doing something, let's say that that out of dementia, out of confusion, I truly am giving away money to people I would not otherwise have given it to. I'm not managing my assets in a way that that's proper. And they need to intervene and stop me. The power of attorney does not give them that authority. They might have to resort to guardianship. And with guardianship, that's a court proceeding where Based on a doctor's recommendation, the court finds that I lack capacity to either take care of my own person to make my medical decisions or to handle my finances and appoints a guardian who can do that for me. So big distinction between powers of attorney, which just allow people to help Mm -hmm. but not override, versus a guardianship where truly my power is removed and placed into that of a guardian. Yeah, and it's important to have somebody as a a signator on your banking information and all that kind of stuff to have that have that person have the ability to pay your bills if you know if you can't very helpful so yes ma'am. excellent all just such great great information uh, lisa thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us uh, how can folks get in touch with you if they'd like more information well our primary office is here in waco we also have an office in georgetown for those in that area but uh, they were located on waco drive they can call us and schedule an appointment. Our number here in Waco is 254-752-8644. Thank you. Elisa Rainey, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. It's a, you know, it's, it's a hard season of life uh, for some, but if those plans are made ahead of time 
and uh, it just makes makes it go so much better. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. Why am I here? I'm here to be your tour guide through Waco. I'm here to tell you all the goings on in and around Waco. I'm going to give you the 411 on what's happening, what's going on, and what events you should go to. This is your host, Debbie, signing off. Now that you know, go. Just go, Waco. Are you building a new business while managing a family? Are you tired of trying to balance home and work and everything seems to be coming up short? Then there's a podcast made just for you. Baking Your Business from Scratch is where we create the perfect recipe for building a successful business while managing your home and family with love. Come join us and see for yourself. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.